Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome once again to your one-stop shop for all of your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. It's Behind the Steel Curtain and it's Family of Podcast. You have wandered upon the very own Steelers Q&A show with Tony Defio and myself, Brian Anthony Davis, from Behind the Steel Curtain. Before we get started with anything, I want to wish all of you a happy Memorial Day and thank those who have lost their lives in service of our country, the true meaning of what this holiday is all about. So let's reflect and let's thank who helped us along the way. I'm sure a lot of us um, know family members or have heard stories of family members that lost their lives in battle. I have a very good friend of the family that lost a uh, lost a uh, sister and a uh, an aunt. Um, in battle just about uh, eight years ago in Afghanistan. So I would like to uh, um, put out God's blessings to uh, Lieutenant Ashley White of, of the uh, United States Army. And uh, she was a ranger over in Afghanistan. And uh, just something very special. Actually, there's a book about her life that came out about five years ago that uh, is still possibly uh, going to be made into a movie that's, uh, that is... Uh, in production and in works to a start production actually. Um, so uh, blessings to her. And I'm thought about, I think about it this time, um, none other than the NFL's own Pat Tillman, who uh, lost his life uh, right before the uh, NFL draft of 2004 back in April. Um, so uh, blessings to everybody. And if you have, uh, if you have somebody that you want to put a, uh, Memorial Day remembrance to somebody that lost their life life in battle. Go ahead and put it on the live chat. If you're here, indeed, on the live chat, we'll be glad to uh, have you put that up. Uh, but before I get started on anything else, I want to welcome my good friend, Tony Defio. Tony, it's Memorial Day weekend. How are you? I am doing fine, Brian. How are you doing today? It's a beautiful day here in Pittsburgh. What's it like there in Maryland? You know, it's, it's breezy, but it's beautiful. It makes you feel pretty good. And... Uh, we have been out in the yard, and uh, I'm gonna get my grill on a little bit later. There might be some Italian sausages in the work at the uh, Anthony Davis house. Hmm. Sounds tonight. good to me. So, I, 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 my, my wife has, uh, she's, uh, she is um, shopping. My sugar's been going crazy lately, and so now she's on top of me. <laughs> and so, but she's getting the stuff that I like trying to get me uh, to eat a little bit better. So probably doing that without the bread, but still still uh, feeling pretty good about it. So I'm loving it. Um, and as we see, uh, Dallas Quinley uh, recognized uh, Andrew uh, Whittaker. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you for your sacrifice, Andrew. Um, so with that being said, Thank you so much for being here. Um, we're we're getting uh, people from all over. You know, we're. I was telling my wife the other day, Tony. We're big in Australia, and then yeah. I'm saying, yeah. hey, we're we're getting big in Brazil, mm-hmm. and uh, now I'm I'm seeing Lynn that's saying hello, Steeler Nation from the UK. Yeah. So there you yeah. go. And you know what's in the UK, Tony? Don't you? Uh, lots of stuff. Big yes, Ben, right? Big Ben. The second most famous Big Ben. Right, yeah, London, London, England. That's the second most famous because we've got the most famous Big Ben here in Pittsburgh. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, here in the States. Uh, Much more mobility. 
yeah. And he doesn't have a lot anymore. No, no, not as much as he used to, but he still can. He he still can uh, beat out the OG Big Ben when it comes to uh, getting away from the pass rush. <laughs> the OG Big Ben. I don't know if that's what the British had in mind, but that's that's hilarious. No, I'm sure I'm sure I've offended half of them right now by saying that. <laughs> I'm, I'm now, a you know what? Lots of uh, I I have uh, some fr- friends and family because my wife's family is over there, um, but they're uh, they're big Steeler fans over there, and apparently Sebastian G says we're big in Germany too. So yeah, absolutely love it. Vodka drinker saying that ain't no Italian sausage with a roll dripping wet with sausage grease. Uh, we'll see what we can do. One from Mark Snowman saying as well. But speaking of Big Ben, Big Ben, is he going to get any help from the Steelers? And that's the topic of our show today, uh, Steelers Q&A. Are the Steelers ready with their roster for 2020, Tony? Or do you think that Kevin Colbert is still out there shopping? Typically, they bring people in after June 1st, uh, teams in the NFL, and there are a lot out there. So uh, with that being said, Tony, do you think that uh, the Steelers are done or are they going to try to shift some money around to bring in one more piece of the puzzle? Gosh, that's a good question. I, if you would ask me this three or four years ago, I, I would have said, yes, they're done because, you know, that they, they were usually pretty conservative in free agency. But they've d- done so many on uh, Steeler like things recently. Uh, they've been really aggressive the last three or four years in the offseason. So. Yeah, I mean, you look at you can look at uh, several positions and say, well, maybe maybe they they could add add depth at offensive line, safety, uh, etc. And 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 inside linebackers certainly one of concern uh, as far as the depth factor. So yeah, I, I can certainly see them uh, see them doing something. But although I think the price would have to be right, and 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 maybe even the timing would have to be right. You know, um, we're getting. I I agree with you completely on that. Um, and everything's got to you know, fall into line perfectly. Um, You're not going to be able to add a huge name for a big deal right now. You're probably getting a veteran minimum deal, but that's not saying that guys out there aren't willing to take a veteran minimum deal to get that one year deal and get themselves reestablished. And that could even be a guy like Cam Newton, um, which is uh, according to the list I have here. And I, I took this, this was updated from NFLTR.com, uh, NFL Trade Rumors. And I, I talk about, uh, I'm looking at about the top 20 to 30 free agents out there. Um, Cam Newton's number one on the list. Look, I'm not endorsing like, bringing in Cam Newton or I'm not poo-pooing it either. I, you know, as far as things go, if they feel that they're set at uh, back at quarterback or they want to bring in a guy like that, there's a lot that goes goes um, in with that. But Cam Newton seems to be number one on there. If you look at a name like Jadavian Clowney, you can't tell me that Clowney hasn't had a lot of offers. Right. Is he accepting offers? You, you know what I mean? So right. that, that's a guy that's just not going to come in and you're going to go ahead and get easily. But right. um, I just saw something up on the board and I want to bring this up because uh, – I think this is probably one of your better bets. And I like, this is something that I like a lot. I'm just not sure what his contract is. And I think his contract's a lot higher, but I'm going to bring up just a fan who says, make a deal to get Jacoby Brissett or quality backup for the inevitable. 
Now, I love the idea of Jacoby Brissett because Jacoby Brissett falls in line with my Case Keenum love, with my Matt Moore, with a guy like that that you know you can possibly start. But I think Case, I, I think Brissett, if I'm not mistaken, signed a significant contract when he went over to Indianapolis. So mm-hmm. I don't think he's cheap. When I say cheap, I think he's making more than seven or eight. So that's something that that uh, we need to look at. If you make a deal for a guy like that, you're giving up a draft pick and you're paying a lot of money. So you probably can't afford a guy like that. Mm-hmm. But you could always. I mean, you, he's a guy that I have a feeling will be available, and uh, they might cut a guy like that. Um, yeah, and Dave, uh, editor uh, behind the still curtain, um, Dave Schofield says Brissett is over twenty million dollar cap hit. So absolutely. And that's not what you're going to bring in a guy for. Um, so and Thad Kennedy says Philip Rivers is too old not to have a good backup as well. So, you know, you're looking at, I mean, you'd love to trade for a guy like that, but you're going to have to wait until he possibly gets cut is what I would yeah. probably say there. A lot yeah. of people uh, want a guy like Josh Rosen. Um, Josh Rosen, you got to realize he was the 10th overall pick, so he's not as cheap in a trade as you would think possible as well, and a lot of people just don't like him at all. Right, um, right. As I mean, feeling that, you know, look, he couldn't beat out a guy like Fitzpatrick. So um, if you're looking at these guys, when you look at these lists, you got to know what's affordable and what's not. Somebody mm-hmm. brought up Jamal Adams and Tony. Wow. What are your thoughts on Jamal Adams? Not with the Steelers, but just as an overall player. He's a great player. Cornerback? Am I? Am I? Is safety. that what he is? A corner safety? Okay. Oh well. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, Fitzpatrick's uh, uh, free safety here. Uh, you know, he would be an upgrade over Terrell Edmonds for sure. But I mean, that's a, that's a big price tag. And uh, I'm Man, not so a sure trade. Be, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. They, they would have to, like, like Dave said with with Jacoby Brissett, they would. It would be a big cap a cap hit uh, to bring somebody like that in. What would you have to get up, give up to get get him? I mean, look what they had to give up to get Fitzpatrick last year, a, a future first round pick. So that's a that's a you know uh, that'd be a, a lot of star power for one position. I mean, I think it, it, hypothetically speaking, it'd be great. But it's it's like we, we we've been saying it's it's all about the price, and and I think that would be a, a pretty steep price for him. That's that's the thing. So when you're looking at this, these lists, you have to be cautious. Sure, he's on a rookie deal, um, but remember, he was also a uh, top ten pick as well. Um, so th- that's something that that you've definitely got to look at. So you kind of make sure that when you're looking at these guys, that you know, especially the ones with a lot of upside, because you have a guy like Devonte Freeman who's right now saying, "I'll hold out." If I'm not getting my target number, I'm not playing for anybody. Mm-hmm. So there's some not willing to do that. Yeah, and 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 some of them, like Cam Newton, he might he might just like I said a couple months ago, he might just feel like it's a good you know a good idea to sit sit back and, and wait for somebody to get hurt because if one of these veterans get hurt in preseason or early in the regular season like Penn did last year, then you know he can kind of ride in on a white horse and be the hero and be the uh, knight in shining armor armor, and plus get a, a pretty decent payday. You know, uh, Jameis Winston, he set up for a, a, a one year, $1.1 million deal. 
you know, maybe he didn't want to, maybe he was, he was hesitant because he's a little bit younger. Maybe he's hesitant to, to sit out and, and, and have people forget about him. But, but Cam Newton's kind of an established quarterback. He's former MVP. He's playing in the Super Bowl. He's a little older. He's what, 30, 31. So maybe he can, he, he feels less pressure to, to sign right away and he can just kind of play the field and, and wait and see what, what comes to him. Absolutely. Now, what I'm going to do here, Tony, I'm going to read this list to you. And I'm going to have you just uh, follow up with a signable or not signable. Just uh, throw in one of those who, if you think that when I'm saying signable, signable by the Steelers. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of factors in this. So well, we won't go too rapid fire for you, but we're going to throw these through. Now, we've already talked about Cam Newton. and We've already talked about Jadavian Clowney. So, um, and Clowney, we, we could probably agree that uh, Clowney's not signable right now for this team. You'd love to have a luxury like this, but he's probably not. Right. Yeah. That's, 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 that'd be like getting, uh, what you're going to have to pay TJ Watt in a year. Or so that's what he's probably going to want or close to it. And uh, one of the reasons guys are on this list is because they are expensive and they, some of them are in their prime. So this is one of the things that we haven't seen a lot in the past. So uh, really interesting stuff. So let's start with number three on the list. Larry Warford, guard from the New Orleans Saints. He's 29. Oh, okay. I, that, that's, I think it'd be a, uh, that sounds like somebody that wouldn't be very expensive, signable. I, I probably disagree with you on it. I think he's going to be a little more expensive because he's been an all-pro okay. for about three straight years or so. Darquez Denard, cornerback from Cincinnati. This is the guy that I wanted over Ryan Shazier right. back in 2014, which was stupid of me. Um, but at least I'm holding true to um, a knee-jerk reaction from six years ago, which uh, I, I take back. But uh, I'm at least going to say that, hey, I wasn't educated enough to know that that this was the guy that, I, that we really wanted at the time. Um, so uh, Denard. I'd say you'd probably be able to get him at a at a, a cheaper deal, not not a dirt cheap deal, but certainly less than what you paid for Joe Hayden a few years ago. Is he something that would be worth it to the Steelers? Only if he's willing to be a backup and maybe a starter in waiting with Joe Hayden getting a little bit older. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not certain he's willing to uh, to settle for that role right now. Everson Griffin, edge rusher from Minnesota, thirty two. Got a few Pro Bowls in there. I think I think they're I think they're they're set as far as um, he's a linebacker edge rusher. Yeah, he's uh, uh, he's considered a, more of a defensive end. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you, you can throw him on the. I mean, you can throw him on the edge. You know, he, he sounds like a a, a Tyson Alualu uh, kind of guy, a veteran. Maybe you can get him on a cheaper deal. I know they signed Alou Alou a little bit later, a couple of years ago, not much later, you know, once after free agency began. So maybe they can get somebody like that on a, on a, with his age and everything. Maybe you can get him at a cheaper deal for, for, uh, for depth. But they, I think they're, 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 they, they have Wormley and, and, and the draft picks. And I think they're, I think they're good there. Logan Ryan, cornerback from Tennessee, had a fantastic year last year. He's 29 years old. Yeah, and uh, like, also of, of the Patriots in the past, too. 
Yeah, he sounds like somebody that would want to be a starter at this point in his career. So probably, uh, probably a pass for him. So I'm going to halt what we're doing right now just to bring in something since we just talked about two corners. All right. And I'm going to bring up Donald Nolan here. And Donald said, I saw an article about possible trades Philly would make with Steelers. Hayden would be at the top of their list. Thoughts of him going to Philly in a trade? I, I don't I, I think he's too valuable to that defense. You know, they, they don't I mean if they could get one of these other cornerbacks in in here as a free agent, then maybe, but but what are you gonna trade uh, Joe Hayden for? Probably a draft pick. So what, what are you gonna get back in return? Not a not a, a cornerback who plays at his level. And and after after him, who do they have? They obviously they have Steven Nelson, but he's he's already a starter on the other side. Uh, Justin Lane's unproven, Kim Sutton's relatively unproven, Mike Hilton is is one of the best slot corners in the NFL. Do you want to, do you want to uh, move him? Is he capable of playing on the outside? So I think, I think Hayden's we, we've seen in the past how, how the defense has suffered a bit when, whenever he's been injured. So I think, uh, I think he's too valuable to trade right now. See, the only thing with that is, uh, and now to clarify, I, I want to give Donald credit here because he's like, he agrees with Tony. He doesn't think it's going to happen, but they're showing interest. So mm-hmm. he's bringing it up. And a lot of times, and I want you to give credit to one of all of us to give credit to Donald for that, because here's the thing. There's a lot of times I bring something up that someone's saying and they think I'm endorsing it just because mm-hmm. you're bringing something up doesn't mean you're endorsing it. So I right. want to go ahead and uh, make sure we all know that. Um, so another thing Th- uh, Thaddeus Kennedy says, the majority of your players you're naming as top free agents have injury concerns. And, so they won't get signed until teams can get them to a physical. So th- that's a thing you got to think about as well. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's right. this is a new global landscape that we're dealing with right mm-hmm. now. Um, but some of them aren't, some of them have been cut because teams are cutting cost. So mm-hmm. that that's exactly what we're looking at here. But the back to the whole hate in the Philly thing, which uh, nobody thinks is going to happen, but if it's brought up, you know, we'll start turning and you, you never know. But here's the thing about that. If that were to happen, you're shedding about what's he a cap hit of about 20 some million dollars. Um, and then you sign one of these guys to an, uh, a longer extension. Cause you only have uh, Hayden for one more year. Mm-hmm. But I think that would right now, I think that would be foolish because I think you want to see through what we always call the window. And mm-hmm. the window is um, includes Joe Hayden in that window. And I got to tell you, that 8-8 eight eight record last year is a lot worse without the magic of Joe Hayden back there, too. Right. Um, especially what he did from week, the second half of the season. Most of his interceptions were late in the season. And he was uh, he helped ice at least two games with yeah. interceptions. So uh, really... I mean, that's interesting to bring up. And that's what this show is for, too, because if you see something out there, it catches your eye and uh, ask him what we think about it. And I, 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 I really want to keep uh, Joe Hayden, but executives are also thinking about the fact, OK, could we get younger and uh, have more room under the cap? Because we might only have one more year, but they're looking way ahead. They've already had conversations about the future probably as well, too. And what kind of draft pick are, would you be getting as well, too? If you're going right. to get a fifth-round draft pick out of the guy, you don't make that deal. Yeah. Well, it's like, if it's you like get a second, you're like, hmm, okay, 
That's a little bit different. Yeah. Hold on, let me think about it more. Um, mm -hmm. But as Chris says, Hayden's still an elite player. Um, for the Steelers' defense, he was a huge part about it um, of it last year. So um, I don't really want to get rid of Hayden, like Gyro says. Um, and I don't think it's going to happen, but that's what these shows are for. They're for discussion. Um, right. Let's get back to the list. Here's a blast from the, the Steeler past. And I'm going to say, in the... Uh, in the seven-round draft era, one of the greatest seventh-round picks in Pittsburgh Steeler history, and it's Kelvin Beecham. No. Not only was he a great seventh-round pick, he was the fourth seventh-round pick the Steelers yeah. had that year. And uh, Kelvin Beecham, he's 31 years old. Sure, he's a little beat up. But is that depth for the line that you would sign for a minimum deal? I was a big Calvin Beecham fan when he was here. He he essentially helped save the 2013 season down the stretch. He, he stepped in for Mike Adams down the stretch, the, the famed Mike Adams, and, and really shored up that line when Ben was getting killed. Uh, I mean, he, he, he's bounced around after he left here. He, he got a decent, a really good uh, free agent contract when he left here after the 2013 season or 2014 season. And uh, he's probably, he's somebody you can probably get on a really cheap deal, unlike the other guys you mentioned, like Wolford. So I mean, if 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 he's willing to come in and 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 be a depth piece, he sounds like a like a Stefan Wisniewski type, but for the but for the tackle position. See, I and really he's versatile. I really he's like deep. that. But keep mm -hmm. in mind, the money that you have under the cap, cap right now has to go to sign your draft picks, has to go to sign your practice squad. Um, mm -hmm. There's not a lot there, but a guy like uh, Beecham, he's definitely a veteran minimum guy at this point, and. Mm -hmm. I could, I would actually think that would be a more realistic and a piece of the puzzle signing for depth. Um, yeah, Reginald Rivers puts in Brett Kiesel was the best seventh round pick, so I, you know, I can't disagree with that. So uh, I, uh, I will fall back and say that was just an off the cuff comment. We'll put Brett Kiesel at uh, the best seventh round pick ever, and we'll throw in Beecham as number two. I disagree and, with you, Donald. Uh, <laughs> what do you got to say about that? Calvin Beachman is at the top of my list. Controversy. Controversy That's next week's show. Kiesel versus <laughs> Beecham. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, have I ever told you my Calvin Beecham story? Oh, do tell. So this is this is uh I I love eight by tens, and I have a whole wall of Steeler eight by tens. Um I have a bunch in a book that I've had mind over the years and I send them to the, the uh, Steelers or the retired player and with a Sharpie and I ask them to please sign my eight by 10 and uh, send them back to me with a self-addressed envelope. I haven't done this in five or six years, mm -hmm. but I remember doing it with Beecham and I sent him two pictures that I had. I think it was his second year and uh, I sent them into him and I hadn't heard back from him in two months, but that doesn't matter because some of them I've had some take six or seven years to get. And wow. uh, some of them you get back right away. Like Mike Tomlin would send them back to you right away. Dick LeBeau would send them back to you right away back in the day. And uh, so I sent it in with a letter and, you know, asking him to sign it like I do. I do the same thing for everybody. And I might put just a small letter, but I throw it in there and, you know, I wait. 
And then they come and my, I, my wife calls me when I'm at work and says, you got mail. And I get all excited. <laughs> and I run <laughs> home and grab the mail. But this night, it was a Friday night. I was turning in. I'm checking out Facebook. And I, I had uh, added Kelvin Beecham to my Facebook. And uh, so I'm looking through and Kelvin just puts a, a thing out there with a picture saying, ah, catching up on fan on uh, fan mail. And I look down at the picture and the picture are the two, my two pictures and my letter with my handwriting. Wow. The exact two that I sent in. And uh, I'm like, hey, I'm going to mail next week. That's great. <laughs> sure yeah, enough, that's... next week I get mail. I you like, saw your, you awesome. saw your, 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 your own uh, pictures. Yeah, it was my own wow. pictures, and you can see the little piece of notebook paper with my handwriting because my handwriting is sloporama. It's horrible, and so I knew, I knew it was mine. And I'm like, that is great. So I mean, he's definitely. I'm not gonna wonder because I know he's signing my pictures. <laughs> That's a very good story. I love it. So yeah, that's that's just funny. Um, number eight, number eight on this list is very realistic, Tony. And the reason this is very realistic to me is because here's a guy in a position of need for the Steelers. He's a guy who has had controversy surrounding him because of because of the whole national anthem, the knee thing. Um, but he's he's more more intriguing than realistic and it's mm -hmm. safety eric reed mm -hmm. who's still in, only 28 years old yeah and he's uh and safety is a need it is a position need that they really need okay i'm saying need too much but um next thing you know i'm going to talk about bread and needing bread but anyways um eric reed Here's a guy here that could possibly be brought in on the cheap because probably wants a job. Mm -hmm. He's at a position that the Steelers kind of need to get some depth at. Because right. you still don't know how much in love they are with Terrell Edmonds, who right. that's the guy we call the unsexiest supermodel on the team. Mm -hmm. Still pretty good for that team, but he's unsexy next to everybody else. Right. So there you go. You know, would Eric Reed be a guy they would consider? Is he, is the statute of limitations over? Is he toxic? And I don't want to get into that whole thing. Um, all I'm saying is, is this a guy that uh, you think about? I mean, it, it, I guess it all depends on what his intentions are as far as, as where he wants to go. As, 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 does he want to be a depth piece or does he want to come in and start for a team? If he wants to start for a team, then then he's probably not going to get that opportunity here, at least not right away, because, you know, they're only two years in with uh, with Terrell Edmonds. And I'm sure they want to they want to see if he can if he can keep keep improving. So if he wants to be a, a backup for maybe a year or two, maybe he's he's a very talented safety. And uh, you know he, he could probably be, be a versatile asset for them. Um, you know I don't know what, what what his strengths are, but I know they're they're looking for for versatility. They're always looking for that now. People that can play at a dime and a slot and etc. 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 So as far as a depth piece, he'd he'd be he'd be he'd be too, if he if he get him at the right price. Yeah, I mean you worry about the other stuff, I guess too, like the the off the field, not off the field, but you know the the controversy that you mentioned. But I, you know, if that's if that's blown over, which it appears that it, that it has with him, then yeah, I think you you could 
you would bring him in uh, on, as long as it's a, it's a, a good deal. You know, and here's something funny. Uh, Reed will get to fight OBJ twice a year, says Steelers Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Um, Dallas Quinley, this is a good comment too. Reed is too questionable for the Steelers, but is better than Edmonds. And that's the thing. I mean, at the, the bottom line is, is uh, and It'd we're be- going to talk about that for a long time, about Edmonds. Like I right. said, the unsexiest supermodel um, yeah. on that team. That's we got to figure out is Edmonds that bad or is he just the worst of the 11? Right. And and so far, he's not a he's not he hasn't reached Artie Burns level as far as. Uh, uh, oh, not even close. Yeah. As far as a liability back there. I mean, Artie Burns started off really, really well his first year, year and a half. And then he kind of. I don't know, he kind of just lost it. You know, I don't know if it was a mental thing, a physical thing, but he lost it. Whereas Edmonds hasn't shown that yet. The only thing he's shown is that he's not a splash player. That's the only thing that he's really, that's the only thing that's really obvious about him over the first two years. He hasn't made a lot of any splash plays really. Whereas, you know, Troy, uh, uh, Minka, I mean, those guys are splash play players. And again, they were top picks. Whereas Edmonds, as we, as we discussed, was maybe a borderline first-round pick. So maybe it's going to take him a while to really uh, come into his own. I would love to see. He's the one guy that, well, not the one guy, but he's one guy that I would love to see just go nuts and have an amazing season next year. Mm-hmm. And I'm now I am wondering this though. Somebody voted for him for All Pro last year, so yeah. I'm wondering who first team passed that vote. Yeah, yeah that's. That's, uh, I don't know. Does it, does his, his dad have a vote? I know he used to play. <laughs> Somebody in Virginia Tech did, I, I guess. Um, and then there's, there's questions too. Um, Gyro just, uh, brought it, brought this up. And Gyro brought up the fact that, hey, uh, remember, what if we drafted Lamar Jackson over him? This team would look completely different. If the Steelers would have, um, Chicago pimp, <laughs> love the name. If Terrell can step up, this defense is insane. He's the only weak link. Um, to be, I believe TBH is to be honest. Um, do you do you feel like he is the uh, the, the weakest link on that defense? I mean, uh, based on on what he's shown so far. Yeah, but I mean, as, as, as you know, he's not a li- he's not a liability, which which means he's not the, he's not a a true weak link. It's like you said, he's just like the unsexiest model or or whatever, you know. So that's it's hard. It's the way that that defense has so many playmakers now. It's hard to it's hard to get, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle, I guess. If you're somebody like him, it's just a strong safety who who doesn't make splash plays. But you know, Ryan Clark didn't make very many splash plays, but he he became a solid safety over the course of his career here. And, and if that's what Terrell Evans, if, if he has that kind of career, even though he was a first round pick and Ryan Clark was an undrafted free agent, then I think he'll take it. So um, the, the other thing that I would bring up here, uh, funny comment here, Artie, Bur- Artie Burns couldn't shine even if he had a spotlight on him. Uh- <laughs> I like Artie. I, I want to see him succeed. I, I, I think, you know, the, the way, the way people were just, so and, and I guess right, rightfully so. The way they were so against that pick, I, I really wanted to see him succeed. It's a shame that he kind of he kind of lost it there, but hopefully he can get it back. Okay, I'm going to ask everybody out there and you this question, 
and it surrounds Terrell Edmonds. And I think this has been brought, I think I brought this up before on the, uh, on the preview or maybe Dave or Jeff brought this up, but it's a question that, that I, I actually kind of believe in this. And uh, so I'm showing my hand right now, but if you look at the whole thing, Terrell Edmonds, let's say he was a third round draft pick of the Steelers. Are we talking about him differently right now? I'm, I'm thinking he has, he has a lot more fans. He's probably, he probably has people that are, that are, that are excited about his, his potential and waiting to see him take another step. So yeah, we, I think, I think it would definitely change narrative if he was the third round pick instead of a first round pick. I think the same thing with, uh, with Bud Dupree, he was a late first round pick, but he was the first round pick. So people expected more right away. Um, so here we go. Um, Lance, Lance saying Vince Williams is the weak link. Lance is, is my buddy. Um, a lot of people are disagreeing with Lance. I disagree with Lance. Um, and I will say that flat out. I don't think Vince Williams is the weak link. And uh, the I don't because that run defense immediately got better when he came back um, after the 49ers game. So when he came back, they started stopping the run. If Vince Williams right. was in the game in that San Francisco game, they probably win that game because they were tearing Pittsburgh up on the ground with that three attack. So um, if they had all three, I don't know if all three were, were there, but um, I just don't uh, consider him the weak link. I think he's one of the toughest guys on that, on that uh, defense. And if you don't have him sniffing out the run last season, you're losing a lot more games, but that's the great thing about this show. It's uh, and this uh, podcast platform with all of the talent we have here at behind the still curtain is we all, agree and disagree on different things. Um, I, like me, I'm the one guy that that really doesn't like Chuksakora for. It's not mm -hmm. that I don't like him. I just don't like him as the next possible starting right tackle for the team. Right. But, and you know what? And Snowman brings up something. Vince Williams can't play the pass. Well, that's, that's, that's true. But he's... He's there to be a run. He's there to be a run stopper. You don't always right. have the versatile guy. Tony, what what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I mean, I, I saw that they were saying that about him defending the pass, and that's a good point. I mean, it's been it's been I think illustrated a few times over the, over the years that that's his weakest uh, area of his game. But you know, a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, he's a he's a game changer as far as that that secondary that defense as a whole. I mean, he, you know, he was like he's like your new Ryan Chazier. He's somebody you could put a lot on. And, and in the middle of that defense and, and, and he can do so many things for you. And, and, and if Devin Bush uh, continues to, to be, evolve into the player that you think he's going to be as a, a top 10 pick in, in 2019, then, I mean, that, I think those two guys can make up a lot of, uh, could do a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to, to, um, to, 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 to pass coverage. So um, that that's very true. Um James Kelbaugh brings up this, and uh, Filer needs to stay at right tackle. Now, here's the th that's what I originally thought. <laughs> now I'm drinking, I'm drinking the uh, Dave Schofield um, Kool Aid a lot because he actually he actually feels that uh, Filer is more suited and uh, has higher ratings at guard. So um, that's one thing that I want to look at a whole lot more 
all I care is you, you have your best five out there. And, and here's the deal with that. Your best five includes Matt Filer. And if you've got a guy that, uh, that we're thinking at being a great OT or a great OG, gosh, we're saying OG a lot on this show, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a great guard and a great tackle. I mean, you've, uh, and I, I got a preface, not great yet, but a very serviceable and a very highly ranked guy. I mean, it's Filer. And so you have something, you have something special in that guy. So right. you, bottom line is he's there and you're glad he's there. Um, so with that being said, Tony, um, your thoughts on the offense, offensive line. Well, I think, I think they would, they would be better served to have Filer stay at right tackle. I think the, the, the less movement you have, the less disruption you have on the line, the better. I mean, you, you lost a veteran in, in Ramon Foster at left guard, uh, and a, a decade, uh, eleven-year veteran that that was about as steady as you can as you can get on that line, and, and uh, to disrupt two two positions to to fix one or to fill one. That you know, that's why the, the Wisniewski si- signing is so uh, valuable as far as I'm concerned. Because here's a guy who who can you can you can plug in there and he can, he can start for you. And in the meantime, you hope a player like a Kevin Dotson, who everybody's high on, everybody's excited about a guy that may have been, you talk about Terrell Evans being drafted too early. Here's a guy who may have been drafted too late. And, and here's a guy who, who looks like he could, he could step in and start sooner rather than later at left guard. So if he, if he comes along, I mean, it's on, it's on Sean Sarah. It's, it, it, you know, he's up, he's up to bat. This is the best prospect they've given him since he's, taken over so you know if you can if you can fill the left left guard spot as fast as possible then you don't need to worry about filer you can keep him there at, at, at right tackle here's here's a one question i want to ask you since you brought up a guy like dotson who i love for the future but i love him for 2021 a whole lot more um i'd love to see him season and i'd love to see you get an investment out of a guy like Wisniewski and make sure that you you have your investment in Filer as well paying off. So are the Steelers better off if he if this guy is starting right away or if he sits in seasons? Well, I mean, if he if he's starting right away, I think that tells me that that he's a uh, he's a fast learner and, and he's he's a he's going to be really good because if, if they're not going to put it with, with a guy like Wisniewski, a, a, a solid veteran. You know, if Dotson's not ready, they're not gonna they're, they're not gonna throw him in there. They, they don't they don't have to. That's that's why uh, Wisniewski was such a valuable signing for them. That's why th- that was a huge a huge uh, uh, depth fill for them. So if he is starting right away, I think I, I think that that would, that would be huge because you could take Wisniewski and he's your he's your new BJ Finney. He's your new uh, uh, backup guard and backup center. And it's worked for a few other teams as well. I mean, I could definitely say that, namely the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles in the last three years. Um, we have a question here um, from Dallas. Um, Bad, do you see any of the undrafted signings making a, a start and which one? I'm not going to really say start, but what I'm going to say is of the undrafted free agents making the 53-man roster, I really like the idea of Saeed Black now, and it's uh, taken me a, a while to um, – to know his name. He came from the XFL. Um, there's also, uh, gosh, I, I lost his name to another XFL sign 
signing on the uh, defensive line as well. And there's a kid from Kentucky as well that I really like for the defensive line. I think one of the defensive linemen could go ahead and make the team. But as far as the wide receiver, Saeed Black now, I really think that somebody's going to unseat Ryan Switzer. It might be Black now, or he might be unseating a guy like uh, Deion Kane. But this guy has size. He's out of Penn State. Um, he's he's a 6'2 guy that uh, really, really has shown some of the goods in the XFL and someone that they feel that a lot of uh, pundits are already uh, naming him as the guy that could possibly come in. And thank you, uh, Benor Johnson. Um, if you're the first one, it's Kayvon Walker, um, who I was thinking of. Um, and I believe if you're the first one that uh, put it in there, but I do, uh, it, I, I'm still trying to learn all the names, but you know, I really like what I saw out of Kayvon Walker as well. He was one of the other XFL signings. Um, Cree asks, can Wormley replace Hargrave at nose tackle? Tony, I'm going to let you start with that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he can. He's going to make the team, but uh, you know, like I keep, like I keep saying, I mean, how, how, with the with the sub packages that they're using, they're employing uh, way far more than the base the three four defense. How often is the nose tackle going to be in there in, in 2020? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm not certainly not an expert when it comes to that, but I, I do know that that like Mike Tomlin said last year, their their base defense they use a third of the time. So I think as long as you have. Uh, 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 Cam Hayward and 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 and, and to it and of course uh, Alu Alu I think I think you're fine I, I don't you know I I, I don't know if, if how pressing of a need it's going to be I mean but then again I'm not an expert somebody might be able to answer that somebody in the live chat but I I I don't think it's as crucial as as, as other people do now if I do miss your questions um, you feel free to go ahead and uh, put them in again. Um, cause we don't have a producer. It's just the two of us, uh, going through and trying to pay attention and pay attention to the live chat as well. Um, we did the best we can, but also remember you could go ahead and, uh, put in the live chat, the super chat feature. <laughs> if you do want to put in dollar and two for production costs, um, or for giveaways and some of the stuff that we have, uh, we'll put you right at the, uh, beginning of, uh, the queue. It's like greasing the, uh, it's like green. <laughs> Greasing the bouncer at the bar, you know, mm -hmm. giving them a 20 to get to make sure you get in. But uh, Real Jeremy reacts, says, who's really the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada or Randy Feetner? So Randy Feetner, Randy Land, I think he's officially the uh, offensive coordinator, but he's kind of, I don't want to say he's on notice, but they're definitely going to give Matt Canada a chance to uh, contribute. And we saw that last year on the other side of the ball. We saw it when Terrell Austin came in, um, a former defensive coordinator in this league, but allowed um, allowed Keith Butler to go ahead and coach the, uh, the outside linebackers. And uh, it really paid off. Um, but uh, Keith Butler, that was his, still his defense last year. So um, it, we always talk about running back by committee. I think in Pittsburgh, Tony, what, what what do you think? Do you think in Pittsburgh we have coordinator by committee? Well, I think I think they all contribute. 
uh, more heavily than 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 we we probably were aware of. I, I remember when uh, uh, Kevin, I, I remember a Kevin Green story that he told about uh, Dick LeBeau. Uh, when when Dom Capers left after a couple of years, he, he left. He was a coordinator here when when Cower first became the coach, and he went to coach the uh, the Packers. And Dick LeBeau stepped up to be the coordinator, and and you know Kevin Green said. Uh, LeBeau said to his players, remember all that zone blitz stuff that you got, we've been running the last couple of years? Well, that was mine. That was my contribution. And we're going to be doing a lot more of it this year. So I think, I think they all, they all contribute. I mean, uh, Chan Gailey, when, when, when they went to Super Bowl 30, he was a major contributor, even though he was just a wide receivers coach. Uh, I think that's what he was back then. And Ron Earnhardt was the uh, offensive coordinator, and, but he was, but Gailey was such a big influence on, on, the, on the offense. So I think, I think it's a collaborative effort more than we realize because I think, uh, Dick Hoke, the, the old running backs coach, I mean, they, they would talk about how often he would make suggestions for, for off for, for adjustments in the second half and, and, and they would, uh, use his, adju- his adjustments and, and be successful. So I think they, they all contributed. I read an article the other day about, about, uh, Tom Bradley, about, uh, his contributions to the, to the secondary. So I think it's just a collaborative effort. And, uh, um, I, I don't think there's a, any kind of, uh, secret offensive coordinator and, 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 you know, like, uh, like Dwight Schrute, the, the assistant to the regional <laughs> manager. I don't think anything like that's going on where we like, what, what, what would it matter other than making Ben angry? You know, if they wanted to get, if they wanted to move on from Randy Fickner, they would just move on from him and they would say to Ben, eh, too bad. You know, I, I think, I mean, if they were going to move on from, from somebody, they would have moved on from Keith Butler last year. They're, they're, he, I think it was the final year of his deal. They had no reason to keep him around to throw Austin was, was, really the the major contributor on that defense they would have just said all right he's our new coordinator we wanted to go in a new di- direction so i don't know if there's anything nefarious going on i just think it's i think matt canada could be a major contributor because he has he has a great history he has a, go- a great offensive mind well we forgot about the real offensive coordinator in all of this and that's ben roethlisberger ben. <laughs> yeah right. um but great job with the chan gailey reference uh yeah that guy that guy five receiver lot. set yeah, yeah and and uh, you, you think about the guys that, that have contributed. And here's another guy that um, he was assistant head coach, but he was the offensive lineman coach. And it's Mike Munchak, yeah. which a lot of people didn't realize that he was the run game coordinator. Right. Yeah. And That's so point. I forgot about that. Yeah. So there's a guy there, too. So, I mean, they wear different hats, but good question, though. Uh, Boobash. Um, Let's see if I can get this up and I can't get it up from where I'm going. So I'm going to, uh, but Boobash gives us $5 and uh, says uh, thanks to all the service people out there um, as we do. Um, yeah. Thanks to all the service members listening. Uh, thank you for the $5 Boobash as we do celebrate Memorial day. And we also celebrate those that we lost um in their service to the country as well. So thank you very much there. Um, so uh, there's something that it wasn't a question, but uh, Lance brought up earlier that he actually, uh, he actually agrees with me on, uh, on Chooks. And uh, I just don't think that, uh, that uh, I, he agrees with me on the Zach Banner thing. Cause I actually, I still like uh, Zach Banner. I'm, he's still my guy there. Um, Here's Ryan O'Toole. Do you think people are down on Switzer because he isn't good or because the Steelers use him in awful play situations? Tony, I'll let you start off with that one. Well, I mean, I, I think his his biggest uh, drawback, at least over the first two years as a Steeler, is he doesn't 
do anything after he catches the ball. So I don't know if it's them putting him in bad situations or uh, he just doesn't have, he doesn't have uh, the ability to get to, to, to do anything in the open field. I mean, you know, sometimes it's on the player to to you know do something when you when you get the ball uh, the ball in your hands. I, you know, I don't know uh, what what kind of plays they can design to to get him the ball with nobody around him. But it, it looks to me the way he the way he's played his first two years that you know. He, has, he doesn't have the ability to, to make anything happen once he gets the ball in his hand. That's that's the biggest issue, I think, is it's on Ryan Switzer. You know what? Here's the thing about Switzer. I loved what he did when he first came in as a returner. He seemed like a, a jitterbug back there. And uh, that kind of went away the next year. Yeah. And we saw a lot of Switzer in the very first game of this 2019 season. He got about six balls, but I think his yardage was about three um three or four i mean because ben likes to go to him um the problem is uh, and i don't know who first gave him the nickname electronic football man i i like that a lot i would love to see him contribute and be and find a way to use him so i don't know if uh i don't know if they use him right but i don't know if uh if he's i also think he's limited too so that's one of the things to look at. Um, Nathaniel Zarate, uh, I'm going to go with Zarate because it rhymes with karate. Uh, mm. um, so if I'm wrong, you could correct me. Um, phonetically, let me know um, how to pronounce your last name. Would you rather get a great free agent in the secondary or on the O-line? Right now, I'm going safety, Tony. Yeah, I think that's a more pressing need is, is depth of safety. I agree. Gyro asks, will we see the return of the Wildcat next year, Tony? Uh, not unless Ben gets hurt again. No, I, I think, I think they, uh, they're going to, they're going to stick with, uh, Ben. I mean, they didn't really, they really didn't do a whole heck of a lot with it last year other than the Bengals game as far as it being effective. So no, I don't, I don't see that returning. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question there. Um, here's one that might go back to our last question, uh, a couple questions ago to Switzer. Who's our return guy? Oh, Is it Switzer? He's back? No, you have, I think you have to. Uh, if, if Antonio Brown could return punts well into his what fifth, sixth, seventh year, uh, and he was the best in the NFL as, as, as wide receiver when he was still returning punts, I think I think Deontay Johnson's your your guy until he proves to be so valuable as a receiver that they can't put him on the field anymore, or they can't they can't put him back there anymore. I think he he's just too good as a, as a return guy to 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 not have him as the as the lead guy. Um, I kind of agree on that. But here's the thing. They kind of like to go to Switzer in that position because he's not going to fumble it, but he's not going to move. That's the right. problem. I mean, double edge. Chicago Pimp, I believe the Steelers wide receivers are very underrated all because of youth, plus wide receivers, a position requiring speed and stamina, which young guys have. What do you all think? I think our wide receiver cup, our wide receiver core top 10. Um, I think this is a good wide receiving core. Um, I really like what they're bringing in with those the top four guys. And the top four guys, of course, are going to be Juju. Who I think Juju's going to have a monster year. And I think uh, we need an entire podcast. Uh, maybe we'll do that next week on Juju right now. Because uh, I think his demise um, has been greatly exaggerated. A lot of people are, are down on him and ready to uh, say goodbye to him when he's working out like a madman. And I think he's got a lot of heart, soul, 
he's got the youth. He's got the talent. Um, we'll talk about that more next week. I love Deontay Johnson, what he's going to bring in with his second year and his first year with Ben. Um, I'd like to see them get some time together. Tony, the other two guys, James Washington, he's a second rounder who led the team in yardage last year and now Chase Claypool. And don't forget, you've still got Deion Kane, mm-hmm. Switzer, Saeed Blocknell um, trying to get jobs in there and a couple more. Right. Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's good trending trending to great because of, of like you said, Juju. I think he, Ben coming back and Ben being healthy, if he is healthy, that's going to make all the difference for him. And then you know, uh, Deontay Johnson, the rookie year that he had. And, and I, like I keep saying, I, I can't believe there isn't more hype or, or more uh, love for James Washington based on his second year. I think he did really, really well last year, but, you know, considering the, the struggles of the offense. And of course you have Chase Claypool who, who, you know, as a number four receiver coming out of college right now, I mean, that's, that's a, he looks like he, he could be a really good weapon for them right away. So this question here, Dallas says, if Juju makes the Pro Bowl, do we keep him and pay him? You hmm. definitely try. Yeah. Yeah, you have to make something. You have to try to make an effort, I guess. Uh, just a fan, do you think Highsmith will have an impact on defense? Uh, I'm probably going to say I hope not next year. Mm-hmm. I hope he eventually does. I hope not right. in 2020. I hope he does in 2021. Um, Tony, because... Because if he's playing next year, that means something happened with Bud or Watt right. Right. or something, or they're not playing well. Yeah, unless they, unless they, because I mean, those two, I think they both played 90 some percent of the snaps last year. Correct me if I'm wrong, somebody. I think Bud played 95 percent of the snaps. I might be wrong on that, but uh, unless they can find a way, because of, of some obvious uh, talent that he shows right away, and I'm talking about Highsmith, uh, unless they can find a way to put him in, uh, uh, situationally and, 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 and create some uh, mismatches for him. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't want to see him all that much uh, next year unless it's as a special teams demon. Okay, we're going to rapid fire here for the next two minutes, and then uh, we're going to have to uh, um, get on out of here. So let's go with this. So Nathaniel, do you see Mika being the Steeler for the, a Steeler for the rest of his career, Tony? I, I hope so. I mean, he, he's going to be another a huge price tag, though. There's no question about that. Um, also, um, yeah, I really think so. I, I really think that's the guy they would really want to keep as far as that goes. So I'm not really uh, seeing too many more questions here. Um, so we'll go ahead and cut off the questions and say, thank you. Um, I'm going to throw in a comment here. Uh, Claypool will win rookie of the year. Um, and then we're going to go ahead and, uh, put in Dave Schofield. Highsmith can get 200 to 300 snaps as a reserve. Yeah, I mean, you, you, we definitely want to see him out there. Yeah. And we, we want to see him get some action, but you don't want to see him um, making his impact as a starter. Yeah, you don't want um, to see 60 snaps a game. You don't want to see him have to have it. And right. that's what we're trying to say. So uh, we need to go ahead and cut things off here and say thank you very much to everybody helping us out uh, in the live chat. Thank you for everybody that uh, threw in on the super chat as well. Um, Tony, once again, it is Memorial Day, and this is where we remember those that made the biggest sacrifice because to our country, um, you know, dying while in the military, dying in battle. So thank you so much um, to anybody who gave, 
gave that highest sacrifice. We're not here and we don't celebrate the freedom that we have um, without you. So thank you very much. Uh, as far as that, everybody else have a happy Memorial Day. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to try to try out my barbecue and get that going, Tony. So I hope you have a great rest of the day as well, my friend. Uh, you too, Brian. Uh, have have a, enjoy the rest of your holiday, and 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 same with everybody in the live chat and the Steeler Nation. Have have a have a great Memorial Day. And so you will see Tony next uh, coming up on Saturday with brunch with Tony. It'll be uh, sometime in the early morning afternoon. And then you will see me once again. I believe you'll probably see me once again um, Thursday on the Steeler preview. And remember, check out the Steeler preview because it is going to be Jeff Hartman's last show on the Behind the Still Curtain um, family of uh, podcasts. Remember all of the family of podcasts for all your Steeler needs. And remember BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Um, new articles every single day. Um, the things that uh, Dave Schofield will be starting to do as the editor and uh, a lot of the staff that uh, have been promoted and coming in and doing the jobs that uh, that uh, you've expected from the past, you're going to, uh, you're not going to miss a beat. So uh, thank you so much for all of you. Remember, we can't do the show without you in the live chat. To quote the great Rowdy Roddy Piper, just you think you've got all the answers, Tony. We keep changing the questions. We'll see you all Have later. Have a great week. Take care.